Go ahead. Hi, this is David J. Fielding, Zordon from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and you're watching the Anime Egotist. And welcome back to the Anime Egotist, where reruns happen every now and then, but for the most part you get new stuff, so you just get a whole new mess of things each time. Yes, that is very true. Yeah, you got me, Alex, and I am not guaranteed to be wearing pants when we are filming these. I don't even have underwear on. That is perfect. And I'm Richard. That is correct, and we are the Anime Egotists, and we like to talk about the best and worst of stuff, particularly cliches. And before you say it, no, this isn't a rerun. But you recall, when we did our worst anime cliches, a lot of you really liked that video. And first of all, we want to say thank you for the support. Thank you for all the likes and comments and feedback. But we figured, you know, with something this popular, we have to do a sequel on it, because I don't know why else you- I, we don't know why else you guys are here. Here, we figure you're just here for that video, and then you can dip- and then you'll just dip. But, who knows? There are a lot of good cliches in anime, but there are a lot of bad ones out there. A lot of ones that, to this day, we still do not like. Even when done correctly, they're still not perfect. Sometimes they're not even done correctly. Exactly. I mean- and then just to go back, I mean, the last time we did a vid this video and this topic, it was during our, my old setup. So I was sitting and had a different background and really crappy webcam and all that. So oh, I think God. a lot it's, has changed for this it's, video. It's so hard going back and watching that stuff because I'm just like, <sighs> you know, I'm proud of how far we've come, but back then things were not going well. No, so... Yeah, it's been a while, and again, there's... Animes are just cliches in and of themselves, pretty much, so... There's a lot we can discuss here. That is correct. And we don't really have any more to shout out besides subscribe to the channel, buy the merch, all that other jazz. It's, I also want to bring up, and we can do, we, we'll do this later, but I also want to bring up some of the comments people left on the worst cliches video, just so they know we're listening. But for now, mm -hmm. do you want do you want to start us off for what? What is your work? One of your worst anime cliches sequel style, Electric Boogaloo. So this is one we've kind of discussed a few times now um, because I've mentioned it, and I think this even was like the first one we added to my list of uh, cliches for this video. And that's when someone sacrifices themselves and then in like three episodes, they come back or in like this very same episode, they're back alive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And this happens a lot. The two main examples I can think of is in Dragon Ball Super with Master Roshi. He literally dies trying to save the universe and uh, make sure that his two students, Goku and Krillin, too bad to Yamcha, but Goku and Krillin can save the day and uh, continue to save the universe. Well, to be fair, it, it would have been self-explanatory for Yamcha to save the world because he's like the second strongest behind Monaka. Exactly. And he ended up, uh, but yeah, he sacrifices himself, uses pretty much all of his energy and falls over dead and Goku and Krillin rush to him and use, I guess, their key to restart his heart. And while it's a touching moment, it would have meant more had he actually passed at this point. 
I'm not even completely focused on Dragon Ball for this one, but it just feels like it lessens the impact of their sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Sure, we don't always want to see these characters die, but if you're going to hint at a sacrifice, you might want to go through with it. Unless you find some amazing way to bring them back that makes me completely forget about it. It, it just doesn't, it feels like you're tugging at our heartstrings, but not in a good way. So I can definitely co-sign on to that. Yeah, the other example, just real quick, um, is in Fairy Tale that I have um, Master Makarov. In the final arc, it's supposed to be the big climactic war between uh, the Dark Wizard and uh, all of the protagonists. He uses his ultimate spell, which uses his life energy to literally wipe his enemies from the world. And he does it to save his family, which is uh, the main cast. And he's supposed to die. Well, about 10 episodes later, they bring him out on a wheelchair. And it's like, it was literally a passing of the torch moment. He's sacrificing himself so that his family can live. And now he's back alive. It's like, I know they wanted to keep him alive and make it a happy ending, but war has sacrifice and they can show that. I think they should have. Yeah. Yeah. But like it happens. It's one of those things where it does bother me, but it's like, it doesn't bother me as much as other cliches, which I'm sure, which we're definitely going to get to. I mean, if they have a reason for the character coming back to life, it would be fine. But these are at like the end of story arcs and end of series. It's, like there's no reason for the there's there could be sacrifice in these final battles. No, yeah, and that's why I said earlier that I completely co-sign. We're on the same page. It's just a, it it bothers you a little more than it bothers me at this point, though. Yeah, I think I've shown that in multiple videos now. Yep. You want to know my first one though? Go right ahead. Characters having to relearn lessons so quickly. Okay. L- like like here like. Like, hypothetically, let's say you have a character who is very cold, doesn't talk to people very much. Uh, they go through some trauma, but they also oh, find a way to redeem themselves, and they become closer with their friends. That sort of thing. Hey, do not make them super cold again and standoffish within the next few episodes. It's like in the witch arc in Black Clover. In the previous arc, Noelle had learned to control her magic, to stand up for herself, and to even believe in herself. Only for the very next arc, during one of the fights, for her to be like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And then her friends be like, no, Noelle, you can do it. And she's like, I believe in myself because my friends do. I'm like, you just learned this lesson about not even 10 episodes ago. I can understand if you learn the lesson at one point and then it gets reaffirmed like 50, 60, even 100 something episodes later down the line but you shouldn't have to do it it's so quickly. And that's, like I said, I talked about before with Psyche K, the rich guy learned his lesson, became friends with everybody, only for the very next episode for him to be a total jerk to everybody. It feels like you either don't want to commit to who developing this character, or it just feels like you're just doing it for a gag and it just, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, I can kind of co-sign onto this. Now, if there was, something that happened that it's like oh i should never that makes them go i never should have changed and they go back and then uh and it's within a few episodes it'd be fine if they actually had a reason that they went back but then their friends brought them back to hey no this actually is something they're wrong they did this wrong if there was a story reason if 
I can I can understand yeah. it, but yeah. yeah, no, when it's just random, okay, now I'm back to being aloof or I lose all my character development in the next episode. It's like, yeah, I can completely sign. Yeah, and the worst part is it happens so often with so many of our characters with so many of the characters that we love and even a lot of the characters that we hate, like we'll go from hating them to loving them and it's like, oh, no, they're back to normal. Okay, thanks for wasting our time, guys. Gonna Can't wait mm-hmm. for you to have some development in the filler that never gets acknowledged. Exactly. All right. So my next one is one that I only noticed recently with a lot of anime and that's very over-exaggerated facial expressions. Anime's always had this, but it's getting more and more. They it depends for the, me. Yeah, but they do it more and more often, as what I've noticed. And it it used to be when you have the comedic episode, this comes out. But now it's like it could be a serious thing, and then you cut to the main cast, and someone cracks a joke, and then uh, you get the exaggerated expression. They might blow the face up and fill the whole screen with it just to show it. And it's, it, it can, they, I've noticed it in a lot of anime where, again, they do it only on the jokes, but the jokes could be in the middle of another scene or it, it can just throw the timing off, I think, is I can, what I've come to realize. I can kind of understand what you mean by that. Oh, because on the one hand, the on the one hand, it does feel a little overexposed at times, at least in my opinion. On the other hand, though, it does lead to some pretty hilarious parts, especially with the infamous Joey Wheeler chin meme. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't if it wasn't for that cliche, we never would have gotten that. And I'm not willing to sacrifice that because his chin is wonderful. But the thing is, they it wasn't used constantly then. Very true. But there's very uh, true. But it's become a little overused, especially in comedy animes and animes for younger audiences. Pokemon, I know, has done it a lot more in the last two series. Yeah, thanks to Sun and Moon, where where it it got, I will give you that, it got really, really out of hand in Sun and Moon, especially within like the first few episodes. Not actually, no, not even the first few episodes, like the first five minutes of the first few episodes. It was like, come on. Now, again, Pokemon is especially the anime is more for uh, kid audience. But you don't have to do this to express all your emotion. All your funny moments have to be, oh, let's, it's like having a laugh track. It, oh, you're telling the audience when to laugh. And I will say I'm more okay with it if multiple people are in the shot doing it because when it's multiple people, the camera is zoomed out. But if it's just one person, you just get their giant face and their Mm -hmm. weird... It like that that I can I can understand where you're coming from, but like I said, it, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. But I guess I've just I've noticed over the past several years, so I'm used to it. Yeah. All right, your next one. All right, my next one. We kind of touched on this a, a little bit, but characters fully developing and then dying. Like, look, I understand mm-hmm. a death can be a good way to end a character's story and maybe provide something for another character. But to me, it feels really cheap just to to develop somebody and then kill them. The episode they fully develop, they've completely developed. It feels like, hey, we have nothing else for you, even though we've developed you into a pretty solid character. So we're just gonna kill you off. Yeah, I I tend to agree. It's if you've had time and they've been a fully developed character for a while, and then they sacrifice themselves, it works. But when yeah, they 
they reached their peak. They've just had their end of their story arc and now you kill them off. I, it's like, okay, so you just didn't know what to do with them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I guess my, I guess the biggest issue is it kind of worked. It works in some senses because you actually grow to care about these characters. But when it happens so often, like, like, think about this. You've brought this up before. In Naruto, we learned about Jiraiya's sage mode only for him to die the second we learned about mm -hmm. his sage mode. Like, I'm not saying he needs to use it in every single battle up before that point, but it's still, I feel conflicted because it was a good way for him to go out and it did provide some good moments for Naruto and Iruka in particular, but just characters mm -hmm. who it's just like, you know, we're pretty much building this character just to die. And it, it, it didn't was it what doesn't work for me. Yeah, I mean, there's the uh, fight between um, Orochimaru, uh, Jiraiya, and Tsunade that imagine if that's where you first see it. You learn that there's other techniques besides just the standard uh, ninjutsu, genjutsu, and taijutsu that we had learned about so far. And he reveals sage mode here as his. this is how he's trying to overcome the drugs that are in his system and uh, be able to match Orochimaru in strength. Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess the th and, uh, not only that, but it, it always, it never feels like their deaths are, like it always feels like they get screwed in some aspect. Like had they just done this one little different thing, then they'd still be alive. And they basically just get killed by like a sidekick or something like that. I don't know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. I guess, I guess part of the thing is maybe this is I'm not necessarily defending the manga writers or the animators or anything like that, but maybe it feels like they didn't expect certain characters to get as popular as they did, and that's mm -hmm. why they do it. But to me, that's kind of why you don't have a story written out from the very beginning. It's not an anime, but we saw what happened with How I Met Your Mother when they had their story planned out from like the begin the very early stages, and we saw how well that worked. Yeah, I mean, it can work. Um, Harry Potter is kind of a good example because J.K. Rowling knew the ending of the story, but she went the way she wanted to. And I think a lot of people think the story's told really well in that case. So it can be done well, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's that that's my characters developing and then dying the second it happens, basically. All right. So my next one. Go for it. Uh, let's see, we'll go with kind of a similar thing. Um, it's not telling the after kiss part of the story, ending on the kiss in a, in a story where they, they get together and that's the end. There's no saying this. We've talked about this before. I brought this up before and yeah, so I mm -hmm. guess I have to agree. There's a whole part of a relationship that you never get to see, it seems like, in anime. Every so often you do. But, I mean, like, the one that always comes to mind is uh, Naruto and Hinata. We, in the Naruto the Last, we get their, uh, their first kiss, and they start dating. The next part of the story is their wedding. And then after that, it jumps all the way to they now have two kids. There's no them getting to know each other more besides being former classmates and teammates on occasion there's no part of that story for them to develop 
an actual relationship in that case but yeah. it happens in a lot of shows yeah i agree i guess like once again not defending the animators but i guess they could kind of figure well they got together that's the end goal oh and i'm thinking to myself do you really think that every single couple in anime that will ever get together is going to have a happily ever after you do know that divorce rates are like close to 50 something percent at least over here in america right and mm-hmm. I, I understand different culture maybe the divorce rates aren't that bad despite some stuff i hear about marriage over in japan it's it's not going great right now but to me you're you're not educate if you want to teach people something teach people what goes into being in a relationship when are moments where you need to compromise when you need to speak up for yourself oh sure not every single one of these couples is going to be together in the long run but it's okay you can explore that as long as both characters end up happy whether they're together or not that's kind of what we should be rooting for. Yeah, and again, I mean, and it always seems that if we do get a sequel series that and they stay together, that they've jumped, they're now married and have kids. Uh, I mean, I think of Goku. Um, there's an anime where it's actually that's the whole story. Is the sequel story is the father or with the only child and it's just a sad story in the in general if i remember correctly goodness gracious um but yeah there's very little and then if you do, if it's not that when we get another story it's that oh they broke up off screen so you don't get the why did they break up you got the you get the how are they going to get back together I- I think you might like love Chunibyo and other delusions because in season two, they, it, they've gotten together in season one and season two is kind of what's their relationship like afterwards. Do they do a great job of developing it? Not particularly, but like it's at, I at least give them points for trying. Yeah. And it, and when you throw in a relationship, especially when you've got an ensemble cast, how does it affect everybody else? I mean, so there it's got to affect everybody else i mean as this relationship develops and it's different and their fights affect the group differently than how they would have maybe fought earlier so it would be interesting to see how that uh all of that would but we hardly ever get stories that tell us that yeah i will tell you one thing though the second you start dating they better not affect this podcast i'm not i'm not bringing her i'm not bringing your girlfriend on to make this a three-person show that's not happening Okay. At least not on a consistent basis. But uh, I guess I should hop into my next one. And kind of, I guess, kind of burrowing from that, the every male lead is dense. Like, really? We have to stick with the, the, oh, this girl likes this guy, this girl likes this guy, but he's too dumb to notice. And And I don't like it when it happens with girls either, but clearly it happens more with guys. It just feels like a really, really lazy way of showcasing, hey, he's nice, but he doesn't completely know what to do in this situation. But believe it or not, uh, ladies, gentlemen, others, sometimes the guys just aren't interested in real life. And I, it just bothers me that it's just such a cliche. It just makes most guys in anime look like complete idiots. It doesn't do anything to focus the plot. Yeah, it's... It's definitely overdone. It it can be, I guess, accurate sometimes, but again, it is, ve- it is very overdone in anime. It's 
like uh, i mean i always think of i know it's not anime but phineas and uh isabella oh like, god i mean that, that's literally how they how like 90 percent of uh these kind of characters go they literally have hearts they have the um oh let's go to the dance great i'll bring my brother or i'll bring my best friend and we'll go uh, as a group yeah and it all it also doesn't work because they're always stuck with the best friend who no, who completely notices but never has to get to say you idiot you know she likes you right we could wrap this whole se- we can wrap this whole series up in about three episodes oh it's just let me talk let me talk to the guy they're just like no not happening just no no it doesn't do anything to advance the story. It, it just, it feels lazy. And, and trust me, there's a, there's another one I have that doesn't advance the story at all. But ooh, I, I, that's why I want you to go first because I have a rant inside me that I've been saving for a good while. Okay, okay, yeah, I will. Um, I've got kind of one that's on a similar vein, I would say. To oh, I, the really one hope, I really hope it's not mine, but go for it. If uh, I have a feeling it might be, so I guess I'll save it for. Just say it now. Just say it now. It's the overly horny slash perverted protagonist. Okay, no, that part. that was that was an honorable mention for me. Okay, yeah. So it's become very popular for some reason to make if the character's not blind to the affection. He, the main character, especially if they're male, is overly horny or perverted in some way when it comes to a lot of anime, it seems like as well. Yeah. They, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of them where they randomly get the ability to steal women's underwear. I don't know why, but that's, um, I've watched, what was it, Konosuba, I think has that. Yeah, it's Konos- yeah Konosuba. It, it, Kazuma has that. Then there's um, one I watched recently that, uh, God, what is it? Uh, I don't remember. There was another one where they kind of come back to the real world and uh, they have, uh, he has powers and part of him is he's just super fast and he steals women's underwear randomly. And so, but it's constant and it's, it's like, that's their character is I'm the pervert. Yeah, this was an honorable mention for me because I do have, there are some instances where I'm not going to say I'm okay with it, but I can find a way to live with it. And that's if the per, let, let me put it to you this way. If they're interested in looking at girls, because I talked about Ryuji from Persona 5 at one point you know, on the channel, but he would have moments where he would like look at girls in a really perverted way, but he would never try to touch them or grab them or anything without their consent. And like I said, he would stand up for girls if they were ever felt uncomfortable. Or like in One Piece, yeah, I'm bringing up One Piece this time. Sanji, Sanji's not really like that, is he? He like he's super, he's super horny, but he's not like perverted about it, is he? Yeah, he's more of the I'm. I fall in love with every girl I see. I don't care. I, they don't need to be naked. I want to date them and make them my wife. Yeah. Kind of like Brock and Pokemon, even though some of Brock's mm-hmm. shtick does not completely hold up. There are, some, there are some of those times where I'm like, dude, relax. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Sanji probably falls somewhere around the Brock area. I mean, a bit more hardcore because he he very rarely breaks free of the, oh my god, I'm in love 
category instead of where Brock will have his moment and then still send out his Pokemon to battle Team Rocket or uh, yeah. the evil team or whatever the problem is that day. Or somebody pulls his ear or Krogunk jabs him or something like that. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it also helps if there's comeuppance to it. Mm-hmm. If, if, the, if the person like gets their just desserts, if they get hit, if they get smacked, but I, even then, I'm still not okay with it. Like, uh, like every now and then, when I'm looking up like images to put in the video or as a thumbnail, I'll use my hero stuff because of how often you bring it up. And when I see pictures of Mineta and some of the stuff he's doing, I'm like, no, no, not using that. Nope. Not. Yeah, well, those moments that he has can be very bad. Yeah, but... we're also we're also like obviously this this kind of stuff happens more to women, so. We don't necessarily have the best viewpoint of this, but I feel like we have a. I feel like most people would agree with us on this. Yeah, but it, it's a very common thing for either the main male protagonist to be have an overly horny side, or one of the male protagonist's close friends to be very perverted or horny, and it's very common throughout most animes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for all the crap we gave girls who don't let guys explain things in anime and just hit them when they fall in the baths or something like that, when you think about it, you can kind of understand why. But of course, you just let them explain. If, and if they have a good mm-hmm. track record, they'll be good. But we talked about that last time. Yeah. All right, all my right, next so one. Your last one before honorable mentions. Yeah, I kind of combine these two because they're, they're, they kind of go into the same vein of why I hate them. Being picked on by side characters or forgotten characters. Like let, let me let me put it to you this way. When you when I say picked on by side characters, I predominantly mean stuff like for example in Yu-Gi-Oh when like I was rewatching Battle City and there would be times when Taya and Tristan would be like, "Oh, Joey, you don't know what you're doing. Come on, Joe. Maybe he's not smart enough for this." One. I'm like, "Guys, are any of you in this tournament?" I don't think so. But like it just bothered Look, I understand. Friends bicker with each other. We do it all the time. But there are certain mm-hmm. moments where it's just not necessary. And it, feel, it feels downright mean-spirited. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, Naruto, especially in the tuning exams, oh, you can God. almost throw that in there. These characters at this point haven't been developed. We've seen they were in the same class. We haven't seen any of their missions, and yes, they've made it to the finals where they're all fighting, but like they all um, kind of rat on Naruto. Oh, he's weak. This is uh, Kiba's match uh, guaranteed because Kiba was apparently one of the top students. And it's like, okay, but, uh, and we've seen Naruto was a little weaker, but we've seen him improving versus we haven't seen anything from any of these other characters until this is literally where we're seeing them fight for like the first time. This is one of the times where I'd be completely okay with Naruto being like, uh, who's what, what's the name of this show again? It's not Eno, is it? It's not Tenten. It's not Akamaru, even though it probably should be. It's Naruto. So all of you mm-hmm. piss off. off. I don't know. It, it especially doesn't work in like the more serious context. Like, Heck, in Yu-Gi-Oh! GX, when the, when Crowler was fighting Camula uh, for one of the Shadow Riders, and Alexis is like, "Yeah, Crowler talks a big game, but he's not he's not that great of a duel." So I'm like, "He's one of the top teachers at this school. You haven't even won a duel on screen. What what the hell makes you so smart? I don't know." 
And forgotten mm. characters, I mean characters like the Bastion Masawas, the Gordons from Black Clover, it's just the characters that they're just that characters are just like, oh, that's right, they still exist. We forgot to invite them. <laughs> oh well. Like it just it's getting real for a second. As a kid who grew up with like who wanted to fit in, who didn't feel like he was part of a group that often, it really just sucks when you see characters going through this and there's no payoff to it. Like, they completely will forget about these characters and acknowledge, oh, that's right, we forgot about them. Just, it's a joke for the rest of the series. And there are plenty mm -hmm. of other characters, but it really, it really just, it, it never feels good to watch. It's not funny. It's just insulting. Mm -hmm. I will agree to this one. That's for sure. Yeah. Honorable mentions time? Yeah, so... All right, I'm, down to two, I'm down to two because you knocked out one of mine. I'm kind of at two and a half because your last one was very similar to one of mine. So I'll All just right. start with that one. Sure. And that's uh, the protagonist is considered weak at the start. Uh, that's kind of why I brought up the Naruto fight. Like everybody hit shit on Naruto saying he was, um, oh, you're weak. You, you didn't even really graduate until you stole the scroll and had to do this special thing to actually graduate while the rest of us actually passed. Um, yeah, like, well, I would include kind of Joey in this from Yu-Gi-Oh, but he's always considered weak because Kaib is like setting up all the ranking systems and he's always putting Joey at the, the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I guess the thing for me is when you, you, like, I guess you need to be a little more specific because we're not I don't think you're necessarily saying characters being weak in the beginning because we want to see them grow. Oh, they can mm -hmm. start off weak and then get super badass. But I think if, and I don't mean to put words in your mouth, it might be a sense of, of this character gets picked on for being weak when everybody mm -hmm. else is basically on the same level of them, if not lower. Exactly. But, I mean, yeah, it, it's kind of that they're viewed as weak at the beginning or as I guess I'll throw tuning exams in as kind of the beginning where everybody has a view and they don't believe that they've had, this character's had a chance to change. And so they're still considered like, oh, you're the bottom. You're, you're not good by comparison to the rest of us. Yeah. As, especially with like side characters, I can kind of, I can understand to some extent, but when you have just like random background characters, like villagers and black clover or something like that, and they're talking crap about this, I'm like, God, like, it doesn't make any sense. Most of you don't even have names. So like, I, I don't know. It feels, it feels especially silly to me. So I get, we, we kind of talked about that, so I can't disagree with mm -hmm. that. Yeah, and again, when it comes to Black Clover, it's like, yes, the Black Bulls mess everything up, especially at the beginning of the series. But all of the uh, Magic Knight squads are like supposed to be the elite of the elite. Like they're supposed to be, there's no one better in our kingdom than anyone on these squads. Yes, yeah. they've got different kind of views, but the Black Bulls are still probably a lot stronger than the average person. Exactly. Now, well, why don't you knock out your the rest of your honorable mentions, then I'll do mine. Okay. So another one is kind of, no one is just average. You can never consider a character to be just average. Um, you mind explaining that one? So I guess this one's not that big, but it, it's a big thing in, in 
shonen animes, I think. Um, a character could be, uh, how to put it? I, I always, I think Dragon Ball is a good example of this. Rather than, I mean, none of the main cast is average in any way, pretty much. I mean, uh, they've got, I mean, a whole bunch of fighters and even Yamcha, uh, uh, not Tien, um, Kaltsu and Yajirobe are all superhuman in strength. They, they fought, I mean, base level Saiyans on, uh, and were on par at their heights usually. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, even if you go into some of the side characters, Bulma's not a super fighter, but she's a genius. It's like, it's not that, no, there's no characters in Dragon Ball that really feel okay. They're just the kind of the standard human. Yeah, Mister Satan, sh- kind of, but he's are uh, he's super strong anyway. Yeah, I I can kind of understand that. I, I guess the thing for me is I'm okay with the characters like like for exa- like an example in Gintama, uh, Gintoki is on obviously this master samurai. He's a badass. He's well, at least when he's fighting and not like goofing off. Kagura's like this alien, this alien fighter, and Shinpachi, he's just kind of a regular run-of-the-mill samurai. Like he, he's not, he's actually an above average, a below average samurai when the series starts. But it takes a very, very, very long time for him to get super good. Like, I'm okay if the characters start normal for a long period of time and then get better, because he still feels normal to some extent. Like there are still kids who are able to kick his ass at some points. I kind of understand what you mean, and to an extent, I get it, but I don't know. That That's one I have to think about for a bit. It, it's more along the lines of if a character's shown and they're not just a background character, if they come back, there's a chance that they will have all of a sudden gotten a power-up and are now not maybe not on par with the protagonists, but are they're no longer just a background character or a side character without power there. Oh, I'm I'm equal to you five years ago. Great, that was five years ago. Now I'm twice that strength or something. And <laughs> yeah. so it's just, they, they don't allow any side characters to just be the average Joe, it seems like a lot of times. Yeah, and when they do, they're not on screen for very often. Yeah, they're, they're more played for comedy. There can't be, oh, I'm just here to... I got caught up in this, and while I'm not the strongest, I'm out of here. <laughs> I mean, technically, they did that in Bobo 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 Bo. Beauty was one of like the main characters, and she didn't have any powers, but she was less there to progress the plot and more there just to point out what the hell is going on in this show. Which I'm glad somebody else was because my head was starting to hurt watching that. Thanks, and I've got one more. I'm just trying to. Um. So I'll go with this one and see what you think about it. And that's timing in fights. Like how to, how a time plays through fights. And that's how, okay, we've got, what was it? 47 minutes for the Tournament of Power. Let's stop and have full conversations for like <laughs> three episodes. Or uh, going back to... Um, uh, the original Super Saiyan fight. Let's have him scream for uh, three episodes before the transformation fully takes. 
when we've already said the plant's going to blow up in like five minutes. To be fair, Dragon Ball Z Kai did fix that. To, to me, I don't necessarily hate it, but it's just so, it's just, it's one of those things that I'm never going to get used to. That your problem with that is similar to my problem with characters in the background being completely static. It's something that's mm-hmm. probably never going to go away. Hey, but I can understand your frustration. What they should have done, though, is they, and I know a YouTuber has apparently done this, they should have just showed the whole Terminator Power in like 47 minutes. It's in the whole time the audience has no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah, but it's just one of those things like when they have these time limits and then they talk and have full conversations and stuff, it's like, so did this happen like microseconds? They actually understood the screech that was all the information in that oh, five second period? Oh no, all anime, all, all people from anime know how to talk like Speed Racer. It's just, it's just very fast, very concise conversations. And Naruto does it to a lesser extent, um, but I think of, again, a lot of the war. The Mike guy, there, it's nonstop when Mike guy's beating up on Madara. There's no stops to talk. He's just out there beating him up and that works but then like does modern just stand around after uh other parts of this fight and let them talk and strategize and uh all this it's like wouldn't he just be trying to destroy them as fast as possible clearly you have not seen power rangers because they almost always just let them transform let the megazord build clearly you haven't you haven't watched most of those shows growing up because you wouldn't have that much of a problem if that was the case no, I watch them. It's that's like the whole that's actually part the other part of this is the allowing people to power up. Now I know they've made fun of this before where uh, I think the villain or even maybe one of the darker good guys in a show attacks during the bad guys or good guys transformation and they're like, dude, what the hell? Yeah, like, you, you have to give the opponent a sporting chance. That's 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 what it's about. Like I've got, like no. especially, and we don't talk about this anime much in Blue Dragon because the main character Shu, it takes him a good few episodes to learn how to fully summon his shadow or his stand or persona, whatever you want to call it. And the whole time he's doing it, and like nothing's happening, the bad guys are just looking. The bad guys just let happen. I'm like, you know, they could at least make fun of him or something like this. Like, oh, you, you need something? You need a magazine for something for? Right. But if I start pouring these water glasses, will that help? will that help with it? But no. I understand it, but to me, it's 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 more comedic than anything else. It doesn't completely bother me. And it, it can work, like, again, I, especially with the transformation part. I'm fine with it in Dragon Ball because Goku and Vegeta have both admitted that they're letting them do this transformation because they want to fight the people at their best and want to prove just how strong they are. And they're idiots. So at least they, they have a reason for doing it, but everybody That's... else is like, oh, there's... Like, why did you let them power up? Just attack them with everything you've got from right from the start. <sighs> yeah, yeah. It, it 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 it's even it's just it's strange. Like I said, it doesn't bother me that much, but I get it. And again, it's an honorable mention. I like the power ups. I like the talking in fights because it gives them more meaning. But yeah. So honor- when I think honorable- about it, I hate it. My honorable mentions. Go ahead. All right, we talked about the pervert stuff, so. Explained plots or explained plans. You know what I okay. mean by this? Okay, so but let me let me explain. Hey, like for example, like for example, in fights in anime, when someone's like, "Oh, oh, this guy's really tough," but I got an idea. I'll use this technique, and when he dodges, I'll try this other technique, and I'll come in for him. But it never works when you say to the audience, "Hey, this is what my plan is." It never works. 
I don't understand why every they let the people they show the characters thinking out and plotting their strategies only for it to work a good never. Okay, I can kind of understand that. Yeah, it, just, that, it feels like padding out the episode too. Yeah, the out loud thinking of a plan. Yeah, it never seems to work because uh, although I like it in comedy fights where the bad guy's like in the huddle with them or something, it's like no, that, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead and do that. When it's played for laughs, it's good. But with, but to me, it also just makes the character look bad because you show them coming up with a strategy that's actually pretty decent, only for the other characters to be to completely make it ineffective. It's just it it does it doesn't work. It feels like padding out the episode. Honestly, that might be why the original Yu-Gi-Oh! series just doesn't hold up that well for me, because they're like duels that last like five or six episodes, and they'd be cut short if people just played and stop explaining your plan to the audience. We know what's going on. It, it feels insulting. Yeah, I can kind of understand that. I mean, the, the fight that came to mind was the um, Vegeta and Nappa versus the Z fighters, especially before Goku gets there, because I think they even... Go, Oh yeah, it's Yamcha's turn. He's gonna do this, and then Yamcha dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, that's another battle where time is a weird thing. It's like, fine, let's wait three hours for Goku. So what's there to do here? But yeah, basically. And my last honorable mention: mm -hmm. the switching of alignments between two characters, like the double turn. Okay. Like, uh, like I understand. Sometimes the good guy is going to turn out to turn into a bad guy. Sometimes the bad guy is going to turn into a good guy. But I hate when it's revealed. But I hate when it's revealed all of a sudden that we're supposed to be hating this person, and it's out of nowhere. If it's been built up and there's been kind of some interesting seeds planted, I get it. But for all of a sudden, for it to be like, no, turns out you're supposed to hate this person, and and it just it doesn't it doesn't work for me. If if it's like I can understand if it's like an episodic character, like there's an episodic hero and an episodic villain who shows up, but it turns out the hero is actually the villain and the villain is actually the hero. That I can live with. But for long-term characters just to say, oh, turns out they're the bad guy, or we're going to make them a bad guy with really no build-up to it. It, does, it doesn't work. It's shocking, but when you start to look at it for more than a few minutes, it doesn't work. Yeah, I think this kind of ties a little bit into what you were saying um, earlier with, uh, or in our previous video where the bad guy who has done some really horrible things all of a sudden, oh yeah, they're they're fine. Gets like no, no redemption arc, they're just all of a sudden they're a good guy. Like, well, great, the character I was rooting for that was like your best friend I now have to hate and the bad guy who committed genocide I'm now supposed to like yeah why it, 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 a blue dragon did this and honestly it I, I I'm still trying to wrap my head around it but I'm I'm still re-watching it so who knows my opinion on it could change but it just feels like you're sacrificing a good character just to have a plot twist we plot twists don't fix everything I'd wrap I'd rather have a story be predictable and good than have it have twists and turns and be bad. Now, granted, you could argue whether whether a show is predictable and good, but that's another point for another day. Yeah, I, I can understand why that would frustrate you. And uh, so I guess I'll 
kind of co-sign on to that one. All right. What's your last one before I get my rant out? All right. So the single or no parents for the protagonist. I'm, I was doing I'm research showing, for this video and that did come up. I'm fine with showing like families that have been damaged and all that, but it's never really explained well. And it's like, oh, that's my motivation. I'm following in my father's footsteps. He died trying to do this, or he's out on his own adventure and we're eventually going to see him. But it's like, okay, we have no interactions with the parents. So why do I care that your parents there? That's a good point. There's, and then uh, sometimes they substitute the parent for, oh, they're with their grandparent or uh, their grandparent-esque thing like Goku. It's like, okay. Um, but no, there's just, it seems like every shonen protagonist is missing either a father, a mother, or both. And they have, they may have a wise grand uh, parent of some kind that's teaching them or just a group of friends that they're traveling with. And it's like, you're my family now. It's like. <sighs> to, to, to an extent, I, I, I agree to an extent. Like I, if it's not the whole motivation, then I can under, then I actually kind of enjoy it because to me it shows hey, this character went through something, but they're moving on to other problems and they're progressing through those. those that I, I can kind of understand with that because <sighs> I don't want to keep bringing up the same anime, but Naruto wasn't really about, oh, I'm doing this for my parents or or anything. Mm -hmm. Like, he moved on to have uh, to have other issues with other people. Or Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo-Bo, he only had a dad, but that wasn't his whole story. I mean... I don't know the full story itself, if I'm being completely honest. It's, it also, it just kind of bothers me that we just don't see these parents in general. Like, it's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. I understand that the kids are the focus, and I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. I don't want to see the bo the boomers too often. But it, 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 does feel, it does feel kind of weird, especially every time I watch something, my parents are like, so where are their parents? And I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, and I think of, like, um, that was, I mean, I actually really liked uh, Psyche in Psyche K. His relationship with his parents, they made it hilarious a they, lot of they, the time. They they did carry the show at some points. Like, they were super lovey-dovey about it. I was just like, okay, I don't know too many people whose parents are legitimately like that, but it's so different that I can actually, resp that I can actually respect it. And it also I mean, works just... it for a sense with Nendo, because Nendo... Oh's character isn't necessarily based around his deceased father, but it is kind of shown that one right around the time his dad died, he he learned to kind of like be a better son for his mom and help her, and like and he became the nice guy we all know and love. It it can work, but the problem is when they make it the crux of everything, and that's and I can I can side with you on that. And but by the sounds of it, I, I don't remember that episode of Psyche K, but it sounds like they showed it in there and they actually showed the relationship somewhat. But I'm talking about like Dragon Ball. There's no interaction between Goku and Gine and Bardock. Uh, Naruto, the only interactions are pretty much after his parents are dead and they either resurrected or using the last of their powers to help him. Because that happens. Yu -Oh, we never see. We never see any parents in Yu-Gi-Oh. As far as I can tell, we have. We grandpa, saw but we no saw parents. Joey's we saw Joey's mom in one episode, and we really didn't see her since. 
Also, apparently Yugi's mom was in season zero, but that does that really count? Probably not. But then Black Clover, they're both orphans. Now I know there's a, at least I think there's a story for both of them. And there I is. haven't gotten to that part. But still There okay. is, and it's it's I will say it's surprisingly refreshing. So I they're a little different, but still like for the most part of the series, the parents are already dead. They're a different Part of the story for both him asta and you know uh god i mean let's I see pull, no, I Noel, just... noel's mom noel's mom is dead that's not a spoiler that's pretty much revealed very early on we don't we don't yeah we don't learn a lot parents arrive it normally happens with moms moms normally end up dying and dads normally end up going away for milk and not coming back for 20 years but like it, exactly. it's, it's just Ash, weird. there's the other one <laughs> dad is gone and we don't know if he's dead giovanni professor oak there's so many goddamn theories about ash's family and there's a good chance father there's a good chance ash is a pokemon and he just came out through an egg or something like that i'm and now and i'm thinking about that, that mr mime is the dad oh no no oh well thanks for thanks for putting that image in my head i completely forgot what i was saying beforehand but yeah yeah, I would like the parents to play a little, either a little more of a role, or for their deaths to not be the crux of a whole character. Like, mm -hmm. it can be a little bit of an arc, because the death of a parent should be a traumatic experience, and it shouldn't exactly. just go away after a couple of seconds, but it shouldn't be the whole focus of the character. I can understand that. And, yeah, as I said, if it's done in the story and you actually learn something and the character grows from it, it's fine. But when it's just like, oh, well, the kid, the parents are dead here. Let's keep telling the story. It's like, that's great. But yeah, I, I just want more from this rather than the occasional mentioning, oh, my parents are dead. I can, I can get behind that. I, I can, I can go sign on to that. All right. I'm ready for your rant. Yeah, sure. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of these cliches, my very last cliche that I hate in this sequel video, I can argue the good parts about it. I can argue examples where, you know, I don't like it, but there are moments where I can, it can be salvaged. This is a cliche that does not do that. This is a cliche I have never liked in any circumstance. That doesn't progress the plot and anything slows it down. It doesn't matter whether it's a shonen, a romance, a drama, nothing. This cliche is absolutely garbage. And the cliche I'm talking about, the interrupted confession. Are you kidding me? Every single time somebody wants to confess just simply something their gratitude or an idea they have or something like that, or normally a love confession, it gets cut off by somebody running in and stopping it. This is lazy. It is a lazy way of prolonging the story. And if anything, it doesn't make me want to happen. It doesn't make me want the characters to be together or so people stop interrupting them. It makes me go, mm, no, no, I don't care about this story. You're making me hate this story more and more, the more times you do this. Even if I don't like the two characters, or I don't want them to be another, it's a lazy form of storytelling where somebody walks in or there's an explosion. It's, I can, 
No, no. I don't even like it when the characters themselves decide, no, now's not a good time for me to say this. Unless it's a really, really good excuse. Rather than just, oh no, I'll tell him another day. I don't know how many more days you have. This series doesn't have that much to go off of. So, interrupted confessions do not work. Stop doing them. Okay, so just a quick question about it, though. Um, another common thing that kind of falls right into this category is um, the friend group, like, falling out. There's multiple of them. They all fall out right after it happens. They confess their love, and then all of the friends roll out from, like, the closet or the uh, side broom. Is that included in this? Because... Because the confession does happen, but it's kind of interrupted. If anything, yeah, yes, that that is included. But I, I I'm going to touch that really quick, and I'm going to go right back to what I was saying. Because to me, it says, "Hey, you're as your friends, you don't get any time away from us. We are invested in your life. If anything, it feels really intrusive. You like moments with some friends, and you like moments with all of your friends, but you don't want to always be with them." Sometimes you just want to you just want to have a moment with one person, and that ruins it. it. So yes, that can be included. But back to this, there's never a moment where it's like, oh, well, this almost confession leads to this. It just leads to more almost confession. It's whether it's whether you love the character, whether you hate the character, whether you like the pairing, whether you don't. It is a lazy way of prolonging the story, and basically the writer saying. We don't have anything. We're trying to keep the series going as long as possible, even if most people would rather have a shorter story that's a lot more conclusive and a lot more entertaining. I don't recall a sever uh, <clears throat> I don't recall a single confession being interrupted. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to happen. And I definitely want this part of the story to keep going. It ties back to what you said. And maybe we see this couple together. Maybe we see how they progress. Maybe there's a rejection and one of them can move on with their lives. They can maybe reconcile at some point and, and either end up together or still stay friends. But no, this is a trope I will never like. Whether, like I said, whether I love the couple, whether I don't, it is a lazy form of prolonging the story. And if you're really telling your audience, we don't respect you enough to just be straight up. Interrupted confession. Hate it. Hate it. But I'm done. I'm done being mean. And I'm not. I'm done being mean. I'm done throwing stuff. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm gonna completely agree because they. I do feel that this definitely ties into the. Okay. Well, we're gonna keep prolonging the build up for the relationship, just to end on the kiss and not give them uh their actual story of making the relationship work or making it not work and then having to decide to move on from each other or as I said fall in love and actually be together and come to respect and love each other through all that so exactly. I can agree to this exactly <sighs> you guys wanted the sequel and we're very happy to give it to you but let us know more cliches that you guys don't like there are tons of them out there and if well, for some reason you guys prefer the best cliches video the view count doesn't really say that but okay hey we're going to do a, a other video of the best cliches but i like ranting i've come to learn that people enjoy when i rant and i like it too I feel a rush 
it just it, it feels good it feels good but but let us know any other confession i'm stuck on confessions now any other cliches that you hate and if for some reason there's a confession that got interrupted that actually progressed the story and felt natural please tell me and i will gladly tell you no you're wrong any, anything you want to say? Anything you want to say to final, final, final comments? Um, at this point, no. But again, um, leave your what cliches that you think uh, we should discuss possibly next for worst cliches. Is there any cliche that we haven't covered in our first two videos on this that you're like, oh my god, this is the worst cliche I've ever heard of, and I don't know why y'all don't either don't like it or are why you do like it or even talk reason. about it at this point and just to kind of close it out drake drago wolf brent and, and somebody who commented it on our last one says as they hate the pervert cliche the sundere and the lolly stuff so the lolly the, the little the people who look like little kids mm -hmm. yeah that's uh, no. <laughs> yeah yeah and ba basically basically everybody agree a lot of people agree with our stuff but i'd love to meet some people who don't agree with it let us know and as usual we will catch you guys next time see i confessed something and it moved the story along and it didn't get interrupted this has been alex and richard and you have been listening to the anime egotists good night and peace easy